Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Good morning. Those of you joining us online, good morning to you as well. Uh, Man, so glad to be here with you guys. Um, If you are new here or uh, if uh, we haven't met yet, my name is Josh Bissell. I'm the worship pastor here at Hill Country. And today we're, we're actually still in between sermon series. And so Pastor Brian asked me to come up and, and, and talk, and today I want to share a message with you guys that's been on my heart, and I've titled it, Seek First the Kingdom Right Now. So how many of you have seen the movie Kung Fu Panda? That's my wife's favorite movie. Um, if you have, you might recognize this, this quote. Um, maybe you've heard this quote from somewhere else because they, they wrote it into this very comical kids movie about an overweight and uncoordinated panda who suddenly discovers that he's the dragon warrior and he's supposed to be the savior of his town and he starts to cave under the pressure and he starts gorging himself on this peach tree here. So then the master Ugwe, the wise sage, approaches him and he uh, shares some wise words with him in order to keep him moving forward in his journey. And after sharing a few words, he ends with this. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. Some very wise words from a kid's movie there. But today we're gonna take a look at the wise words of Jesus from Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 34. You're welcome to turn there if you want to. But Jesus is right in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount. Before this, Matthew four talks about Jesus beginning his public ministry, calling up his first disciples, and then traveling all over Galilee, which is in the northern part of Israel, to teach in the synagogues, preach the good news of the kingdom, and to heal every disease and sickness among the people. And as word spreads of this, people start coming from miles and miles around, and they start following him. So Jesus gathers this large crowd together on a hilltop overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and he begins to preach to them about how to live a life worthy of the kingdom of God. You can read this sermon for yourself in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but today we're going to be at the end of chapter 6, and Jesus is talking about the importance of keeping our focus and devotion on God and how worry and anxiety can keep us from doing so. So in verse 25, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So a little over 10 years ago, I was suffering from a lot of anxiety, the kind that brought this constant tightness in my chest, the kind that that kept me from sleeping at night. And really the only way for me to fall asleep was if literally if I hung my leg off the edge of the bed and sort of shook it in this rhythmic motion just to kind of calm myself down. And and that sounds weird, right? But that's what helped me fall asleep. Certainly wasn't a great way to live, wasn't a great way to to get good sleep. But it was this this constant feeling. I I truly felt like I was being fractured apart. After a while though, I, I went to see a doctor to get some meds and if anything, You know, they might have helped a little bit, but they just treated symptoms. They didn't really truly deal with the problem. And what was my problem? 
first, let me kind of tell you what was happening in my life at 19. Because I really think at, at that season of life for any 18 to 22-year-old, it's hard. It's tough. Right? There's a lot of new decisions to make that feel like they're going to dictate the rest of your life. And you feel like if you make the wrong decision, your whole life will be a, a wreck, right? Your whole future will be a wreck. And Maybe that's true to an extent, but not really, right? Like I've lived in enough, you know, more life and, and I have a better understanding of the things I'm gonna talk about here today. I know that that's not true. I'm gonna be okay. I am okay. I think I'm okay. But if you do know an 18 to 22 year old, if there's one in your life, let them know they can chill. They're gonna be all right. Their future will be okay. But for me, I was living in Waco. I was working a full-time job. I, I was serving in my church, just trying to figure out my direction in life. And I was dating my now wife, Grace. And so here's the thing about that. See, because dating for me was really serious. Dating for me was for marriage. And I had other ideas of where my future might go and it may or may not have been compatible with a family. But I knew at some point in my life, I wanted to have a family. And Grace was everything I'd ever asked God for in a wife. The problem was I couldn't just chill out and date her. Because in my mind, that commitment to dating her was, was really ultimately a, a commitment to marry her someday. And that put a lot of pressure on me. It led to just an incredible amount of stress and anxiety about the future and direction of my life. And so we broke up. And the anxiety was gone. No, of course not. It wasn't that easy. And I'm glad it wasn't that easy because if it was, then we might not have ever gotten married because that would have meant she was the source of my anxiety. And she wasn't. She's not. You're not. <laughs> but what was? Why? Why didn't did my anxiety go away? Well, I want to share that with you here in just a moment. But first, I want to show you something about what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 6. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, real quick, Jesus is continuing a thought here, which is why he starts this with therefore, right? I was always taught when you're reading scripture and you come across a therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is the therefore, therefore? <laughs> What's well, there because Jesus was giving a warning about our focus, about what we keep our attention to, about what we're devoted to. He warns against having our devotion fixed on the treasures we store up on earth and instead be devoted to storing up treasures in heaven. He warns us about what our eyes seek, what we're focused on, because Jesus knows there are things in life that pull on us, that grab our attention and cause us to lose sight of the things of God. And Jesus says it's impossible to have our focus divided between the things of this earth and the things of God. Verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? How many of you worry about your life? You can be honest about it. How many of you right now are worried about your life? Maybe your hand went down, but thank you for being honest. Right here, Jesus is telling us that worry comes from a place of divided devotion. 
That word worry, it's the Greek word merimna, which comes from the word meritso, which refers to a person being drawn in opposite directions, being fractured apart. Man, like I said, when I experience anxiety, that's exactly how I feel. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't worry. You can't serve two masters. And he's going to say it a few more times in this passage. Don't worry. Don't worry. And Jesus isn't just talking about the trivial things in life. He's not saying, you know, yeah, don't worry about what flavor of ice cream you'll eat or does this blouse make me look fat, right? He's, he's saying, no, don't worry about whether you'll eat at all. Don't worry about whether you'll be clothed at all. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about your life. And see, there's a level in which this is really challenging, hard for us, because we do worry about life, right? In the way that we're, we're sensible human beings with the need to be responsible, right? But being responsible and being worried about what we're responsible for are really two different things. Remember, Jesus is talking about our focus, our devotion, and how it should be with God. And when that devotion is divided, we find ourselves in a place of worry and anxiety. So going back to my story real quick, when Grace and I broke up, why didn't the anxiety go away? Well, because in reality, in my life, my devotion was divided. It was the exact opposite of what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 6. It's not that my devotion was divided between my work, my church, my relationship with grace, my relationship with God. Like, those were all my responsibilities, right? And I physically had time for all of those things. I, I, I could take care of those things, you know, physically. And today, I certainly have more responsibilities than I did then. But here's why when Grace and I broke up, that anxiety didn't go away. My devotion wasn't divided between my responsibilities, my devotion was divided between my control of the future and my faith in God to take care of it. I was worried about my future. I was worried about my life, what was coming next, what, what my future would be. And if I made the wrong decision, I thought my whole life would be a failure. And you know what? Sometimes that anxiety comes, comes back. I get worried about what's next. Where's my life going? Am I doing the right thing so that in one year, two years, 10 years, my life will be better? I get that tightness in my chest. I have trouble sleeping. But I have to be reminded that Jesus says, don't do that. Don't worry. He says, do not worry about your life. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And he's setting this up to teach us something about God and about ourselves. In verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Do you think the birds uh, know where their next meal is coming from? They don't stow away food to be fed. No, they go out each and every day and search for food, and God is faithful to feed them. How beautiful is it when Jesus says, are you not much more valuable to your heavenly father than they are? And Jesus goes on, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who scripture says was so wealthy that he surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches, but not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
You guys remember that freeze we had two months ago? The one that just devastated the trees, the one they're still cleaning up from? Uh, Bobby Cox, one of our elders, he's got a beautiful property covered in oaks, and, and he might have had more branches on the ground that were still clinging to their trees. These are some of the pictures he took of it. It's just such a shame, and I know you guys saw it all over our city. Grace actually got annoyed with me because um, I, was, I was mad at the trees. <laughs> Seriously, we were on, on a walk just around our neighborhood surveying the damage, and I was just complaining. I was like, what is wrong with these trees? Well, why can't they be stronger? Why are they so weak? Why can't they hold on to their branches? They're trees. They're supposed to be strong. Grace thought I was being petty, which I probably was, but I, I was genuinely saddened and angry about the loss of these trees and their branches. But now it's springtime, right? You've seen the, the beautiful blue bonnets and wildflowers in bloom. If you've been to downtown Georgetown, you've seen the red poppies that are just carpeting people's yards. And while some trees were a loss during the freeze and we can mourn them, and maybe you've seen the new life, new leaves on the trees, and they're beautiful. God did that. God is faithful to do that every spring. No matter how cold the winter, God is faithful to clothe the flowers of the field and the trees with their leaves every spring. And Jesus says, how much more will God clothe you? It's interesting, after this, Jesus adds a little cut. He says, you of little faith. Now, that's less of an insult and more of a solid truth because Jesus knows that the root of worry is us not believing God will take care of us. That was my problem, and it still is from time to time. We don't believe God will take care of us, and so we try to take care of ourselves. The problem is there are so many external factors in life that we can't possibly take care of all of them, and so that worry sets in, anxiety sets in, but we need to believe that God will come through. He cares about us. You might be familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. It was written to the Israelites, but it's a concept that still applies to us today, and it's consistent with this scripture here in Matthew 6. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So in Matthew 6, verse 30, Jesus is saying, have more faith. Trust in God that he'll take care of you. Verse 31, Jesus says again, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans or the unbelievers, they run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's what's key, what Jesus has been getting at this whole time. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So right here, Jesus gives us the antidote to worry. He says the cure for worry is to seek first the kingdom of God. But what does that look like? How do we seek first the kingdom of God in our lives? How do we seek his righteousness? Well, we pray. We talk to God. We bring it to him. Paul talks about this in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. One day at a time, one moment at a time. Pray without ceasing. Do every moment of life with God. In every situation, present your requests to God. Seek first the kingdom of God by being devoted to him. When your focus, your devotion is on the kingdom of God, when you seek to do what's right before the Lord, everything else falls into place. You can pray the prayer of David in Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So here's the thing about worry. Worry keeps us from being present. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When you worry, all you think about is what's next, what could happen, what might happen, and you're kept from being present in the moment. And worry has robbed me of so many moments. Because when I'm worried and anxious about the future, I can be physically present, but emotionally and spiritually absent. But I, get, I get in my head, my, my mind just starts racing about what I need to do, what needs to get done, what's next. And because of it, my family suffers, I suffer, my relationship with God suffers. I have two little girls that are growing every day. And if I'm not emotionally and spiritually present with them, then what am I doing as a father who's called to, to teach them and show them how to grow in righteousness? What am I doing as a husband who should be leading his wife? What am I doing as a child of God who should know that his heavenly father will provide? Why do I fall for the lie that life will be better tomorrow if I'm worried about it? It won't be. It won't be. No, life is better right now, focused on this present moment, devoted to the kingdom and righteousness of God. Jesus wants us to be present in the right now. Jesus says, do you want to move forward? Do you want to be fed and clothed? Then stop worrying about these things. Stop worrying about the future and seek first the kingdom right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Seek the kingdom today, right now. God's got your future. So give him your present. Give him your presence. Remember, our worry goes back to who we trust if we don't have faith in God to take care of us, that means we're putting that faith in ourselves or in something else. That's us serving two masters, right? And so we feel that, that tension, that fracturing taking place. But Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. That's it. A commitment to God, a devotion to God. Jesus says, are you not more valuable than the birds and the trees that God so tenderly cares for? Yes, absolutely. Of course, you are much more valuable than they are. You are a child of God and your heavenly father knows what's best for you. He knows what you need. So don't worry. Don't worry. All he wants is your presence. And why shouldn't we worry about tomorrow? Because tomorrow 
is hope. Tomorrow is eternal. Tomorrow is where we'll spend the rest of our lives with a perfect God. No pain, no fear, no hurt, no crying, no worries. So are you anxious about something? Are you worried about tomorrow? Seek first the kingdom right now. So as I close, I want us to just take a moment here of silent prayer, each of us just praying. I'll, I'll pray in a moment to close this out, but I want us to just start like this. Everybody just take a deep breath here. If you need to, take another deep breath, and then take a moment to pray, to petition the Lord, to present your request to him, to ask for peace and comfort in your worry, to seek first his kingdom right now. If you don't know what to pray, we'll have Psalm 16 up on the screen. You can simply pray that. Let's just take a moment here in silence just to pray, to petition the Lord for our worry. And I'll close this here in a moment. Lord, would you teach us and guide us to seek first your kingdom in every moment of life. Anytime we we find ourselves worrying about something, would that be a, a trigger, a reminder for us to pray, to bring that worry directly to you? Would we just trust you, God, along the process because we know that it's a journey, it's a life, it's a, it's a day by day, moment by moment thing that we do with you. And Lord, we pray that as we enter those seasons, maybe of just high stress and high anxiety that we're so prone to worry about because we can't control what's going on, would we just rest in you? Would we just stay in your presence? Would we commit our actions to you, trusting that you're gonna establish our plans? Sometimes, Lord, those, those things are not what we think they're supposed to be, but they are what you have planned for us. You know what we need. You know what's best for us. We are your children. So help us to remember that, God. Guide us as we go out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget, each moment, every day, moment by moment, seek first the kingdom of God right now. We'll see you guys later. See you next week for Easter.